Welcome back to First Time Outdoors, guys. Uh, this week, we're about a week out from Christmas, and we thought we'd do a quick episode on some of our favorite gear items and things to take out into the outdoors uh, for the outdoors person or budding outdoors person in your life. These are just a quick 12 items of some of our favorite gear that we use. So sit back and enjoy the show. So, Mike, I'm a last-minute shopper. How about you? Yeah, I think the uh, for the last-minute shoppers like myself, these are all great ideas for for those people that are uh, in your life that are uh, either new to the outdoors or avid outdoors people that um, could certainly use some of these uh, items. So. Um, let's just get started right off the bat. Start with uh, number 12. Um, I'm going to start with long underwear. Um, kind of an interesting place to start. It might seem <laughs> weird to buy somebody underwear, especially if they're not like a loved one. Um, but as we've mentioned in the past, long underwear are essential for basically three seasons out of the year for outdoors outdoor activities um i i use them for like if i'm snowshoeing or hunting fishing ice fishing i use them all the time so they're they're by far out of my outdoor clothing the thing that i use the most so a pair of leggings and a top i don't have to match yep (laughs) can be different brands um, and there are all sorts of price points. So like a lot of the things that we're going to talk about, I mean, you can kind of figure out what price point you want to jump in at. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of choices out there. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great way to kick this off. Cause that's an item that really, uh, can extend the season for somebody to get outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, not dressing well is really the, a big barrier for a lot of people to get out, whether you're sitting stationary or and you're cold or if you are going on a hike and you got the wrong shoes the the apparel items really can make or break a day Mm -hmm. and i think a long underwear is one of those items that's like pretty crucial uh in a lot of situations especially where we live and i think also if somebody already has a pair you can't have too many i don't know how many times that i'm like about to go ice fishing and i'm like dang it where's the Where's my leggings or where's the top? I can't find it because who knows what drawer I stuffed it into. Does it belong with my pants? Does it belong with my my socks and my underwear? I don't know where I put it. So having a couple extra sets is always a good idea. That's that's true. Uh, so my num- so this will be number eleven, I guess. Uh, I'm gonna say a dry bag. Um, one of my favorite items that we got in the last year is a Sea to Summit dry bag. And there are the, specifically the EVAC bag. Uh, they're sold on Amazon for um, $31 on Amazon right now. And these bags are really awesome because they are compressible. So you can stuff everything in them and roll them down and the all the air, they've got sort of a technology that um, compresses all the air out of them so they pack down really, really small. Um, reasons why they're awesome is let's say you're out uh hiking with your long johns on and you're getting a little too warm you want to take them off and uh you need somewhere to put them 
I would always put something like that that you need to keep dry in something like a dry bag because uh, if a rainstorm comes through or whatever and and uh, you get your long johns wet, well, then they're they're done. Mm-hmm. Or your electronics. Or your electronics. Or phone, camera. Yep. Anything important. Maps. I really like to put all my important things in a dry bag, and then I'll put that dry bag probably in my backpack for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, for me, when I fly fish, I like to have a dry bag. For, again, mostly for electronics, yeah. but it's just a good peace of mind thing that like, you know where it is, uh, it's secure, um, pretty lightweight and it packs down when you're not using it. It It's essentially like you're not carrying it uh, and they're pretty reasonable. These This is one of the items that kind of seems like, you know, can be a little expensive for what you're actually getting out of it. Some people use, you know, a gallon size Ziploc. That's yeah. fine too. Uh, it serves the same purpose. Uh, it's just a little more delicate and... Um, you know, you could run into probably if whatever you're storing can't get wet, you might want to, you know, pony insurance. up a little bit and have yeah. that insurance. It'll last, you know, forever if you take good care of it. So that is my number 11. All right. Number 10, a multi-tool. Um, Jake and I both have uh, Leatherman multi-tools. So if you're not familiar with what that is, it's, uh, it's basically... Uh, a knife set that has that breaks down to so there's a pliers in it there's knife a couple different types of knives there's sometimes a leather punch so you can like sew things there's also can openers scissors i mean you can find them really to cater to any kind of specific need i've seen them with like wine bottle openers um so those are really helpful I, i use it for all sorts of things i mean I've used it for taking fish off in the canoe uh, to get at the hooks. I've used it for whittling sticks to roast marshmallows to opening cans of beans or whatever. Um, small are, repairs, if you know, the, the Phillips head or the flathead oh, yeah. screwdriver, yes. small repairs on some items that you might run yep. into. Yeah, I mean, they are so versatile. And so if, if it came down to like, all right, should I get this Leatherman or multi-tool or should I buy a a knife, I would go with the multi-tool. I yeah. Mean, you can, you can get them, pick them up for f- between 40 and $60, depending on how many different, uh, tools and amenities that this thing has, but, um, certainly an, an essential piece to every outdoors person's, uh, tool arsenal. Absolutely. Uh, and a really good pair with, of that, uh, that item is number nine. It's, it's the work sharp, pocket sharpener um this is another item that i picked up last year i think they go online for about 15 bucks on amazon and it's just a two-sided sharpener that's got a guide so it makes sharpening very easy um one is a diamond edge and another is a ceramic rod so you can do both serrated and uh flat regular blades um i've always been a person that's never like sharpen knives really out when i'm in the outdoors mm-hmm. i sharpen my kitchen knives but it's just kind of like it is what it is but once you start sharpening your knife uh that's something that i think you just keep doing <laughs> it's yeah. just it makes all the difference in the world whether you're yeah filleting fish breaking down big game uh whittling sticks of any sort whether you're just having fun uh cooking whatever you need it for uh so i really recommend the work sharp knife 
Yeah, and the nice thing about that workshop too, the one that you're referencing, is that it's really small. I mean, you can fit it into a backpack really easily or into your pocket or fanny pack or whatever um, whatever you use to carry your gear. It's, it's a really convenient size. Yeah, it's so. tiny. And, and, you know, there are tons of sharpening devices out there um, that range in size and, uh, and, and, you weight. Know, and weight and how yeah. elaborate they are and whatnot. And, yes, I keep this one in my knife kit like for my like during the hunting season i keep it within my uh butchering kit and mm-hmm. it just folds right in there you, you wouldn't even know that it's there yeah uh if i was gonna go you know yeah again fly fishing or uh just camping any little pouch you would never know so that's super light that's one of the best features of it so all right so number eight is uh for if Perhaps you have a mishap while sharpening that knife or that Leatherman tool, and that is a first aid kit. Um, another thing that, uh, like I said before, we've mentioned a few times in various episodes of this podcast, as a, as a an item that uh, you're really going to miss if you don't have it. So always being prepared for the worst, uh, having everything ready to go your bandages your tourniquets your various creams and gauze and all those different things are going to be really important for any outdoor activity whether that's rock climbing or canoeing or hunting whatever you're doing you're going to need to have one of those handy um so you can either you know put this together for somebody as a you know maybe put a like a gallon ziploc bag and you just stuff it full of bandages and all those different items or you can find them online um this one that we're looking at here on amazon it's about 30 bucks 30 27 30 bucks um and again yeah that's something that's going to range in price some people are going to find more comfort having like uh you know blood clotting bandages and out in the more expensive things other people are going to want a few bandages like band-aids and some scissors and a little bit of tape and they're going to feel comfortable so uh yeah you could totally run the spectrum on items that you want to put in the first aid kit but that's a good a good one to have on the list yeah and i think also it's this is one of those items that you might want to put in that dry bag Yep. um in our boat when we're fishing we have a first aid kit in a in a dry container because if you're fishing in the rain or something, you don't want all that stuff getting wet. So uh, putting it in a waterproof bag or buying a first aid kit that comes in a waterproof bag or um, putting all of the components together in something that's waterproof is going to be really important. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to continue on the uh, sort of safety and preparedness trend for number seven. Uh, my recommendation is the Sawyer mini water filter. Um, this is a really tiny device again, like the WorkSharp that could fit in your pocket or, or any pocket of a backpack or wherever you want to store it. Um, and if you find yourself at all in the backcountry or anywhere that you may not have like readily access to uh, clean water, this is just a, a fail safe peace of mind thing. Um, Again, there are other solutions, but this is just one that I have that I tend to like. It, it comes with a plastic bag that you put the dirty water in. Uh, it's like a Ziploc bag almost with a little bit of a, 
uh, spout on the end and you attach the filter to and you can either drink it straight out of that bag uh, or you can fill up your you know your water container uh, your water bottle your pot of water to cook with uh, you know wherever you want to transfer it to otherwise if you've got like a hydration pack you can also it's got an inline system so you can use the tube uh, mm-hmm. and, and just continue to drink from your tube but your bladder then becomes the uh, gray water, the dirty water container, mm-hmm. and you just drink through through the filter. So it's pretty flexible. Uh, it goes for about 15 bucks. It's really cheap. Yeah, like they've got cheap. a deal on Amazon right now, the um, holiday deal maybe. So, yeah, it's a really cheap solution, and it lasts a long time, and it's rated to like... I think they say percent uh, of all bacteria. So you're pretty clear to yeah. drink anything. Does this uh does this say how many gallons of water this will filter on one? Uh yeah, it says a hundred thousand gallons. Wow. So Yeah, that's you're probably good to go for yeah. most of your uh adventuring. Yeah, I have a I have a water filter, not this particular brand, but it's been a game changer. For me, I mean, I bought it uh, before the first year that you and I went to the Boundary Waters together with that group of people, and um, and it just came in handy. I mean, everybody was using it, yeah, and uh, use it to fill up your water bottles or your the water reservoir in your backpack if you have one of those. Um, the way the way I use mine the most is actually when we go on our Canada fishing trip, and uh, it's kind of. Uh, my way of reducing our our single-use plastic because um, we used to bring two cases of 24 pack of water and then you know you drink the water and then you've got all these empty plastic water bottles to recycle and uh or you know the which means that you've got to like put them in the back of your truck and then find some like a big receptacle on your drive home so um we bring it in the boat and we just pump the water right out of the lake and put it right into our yeah in, into our water bottles and it is i mean the water tastes great i've you know it takes out all of the microbes and bacteria it's it's awesome yep I mean, and that like the plastic's a great point uh i was going to suggest that you know a lot of people might hearing this might say well i'm rarely in a place where that's, i'm not going to have any access to water and that may be true but even when you're going somewhere, you tip, you have to bring the water in. Uh, right. Let's say a lot of people might just get a gallon jug from the, the store, or a couple ja- gallons, or you've got a bigger, like five to seven gallon jug that you got in the back of the truck. Mm-hmm. Well, having one of these, you don't have to haul that water back to a campsite. You know, you can right. leave that 50 pounds of water or whatever you've got and you mm-hmm. just bring this. And like you'll camping by a stream or on a lake, like you say, or if if it does get sketchy and you're by a pond or something like it, yeah. you're fine but like yeah. it's nice to kind of go lightweight and just bring this yep. and leave that big clunky uh water jug back at the vehicle yeah yeah and just being insured against uh any sort of illness that can come from the water i mean i've had giardia before just from drinking water right from the lake and that was before I had that filtration system. And it was like, that was the other reason. I was like, I'm never going to do that again. Yeah. yeah having that uh, that illness. <laughs> that's enough to persuade you and, and make a $15 purchase for this filtration system. A worthwhile uh, 
investment. So yeah. All right, so we're at number six. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, books, just as a resource. I mean, there are so many books out there for every particular interest that somebody uh, could want to get into. I mean, I have books for how to plan for a boundary waters trip, or you can find them for like uh, planning for a certain type of uh, camping trip up the mountains or, or even just stories, novels. Um, So I wrote down a few of these books that I, that I really like. And so I'll start with some of the books that cover more like the ethics and the tradition of outdoors activities. And I I picked a few that are specific to hunting. Um, And so the first one that I'll pick is, is a a book called Beyond Fair Chase. It's by Jim Posowitz. It's a very small book. It's like fits in your back pocket. And that book covers a lot of the, the traditions and the mindset and the, the, the care of the animal, uh, like post-mortem, I guess, and kind of breaking down that idea of like the the posturing that some hunters have by like, oh, look at the size of this fish that I caught or look at how big that the antlers on this deer are and how great does that make me look. Kind of breaking down those ideas and why that's that goes against everything that... Um, like a true outdoorsman should stand for. Super interesting. Uh, I actually think I posted a picture of this book on our Instagram page a few months ago as uh, the book that I recommend to a lot of new hunters to read because I I can identify with a lot of the messages that are stated in that book. So um, the next one is a Sand County Almanac. That's a classic book by Aldo Leopold. That's a lot of uh, ideas about uh, land ethic, how to treat our land, uh, knowing where our food comes from and having a connection to land, food, and eating. And then um, I have a book on here called Meditations on Hunting by Jose Ortega. And that's a book that I've actually just started, but it kind of captures the idea that we've talked about in the past as well, about spending time in the outdoors and how that can become like a meditative place where you do a lot of like introspection and, and uh, clearing your mind and doing like a lot of like healthy brain work. So I recommend that one. And then uh, one more that I thought was really interesting is, is a book called a year in the wilderness. Uh, and that's by Amy and Dave Freeman. That's a story of uh, a husband and wife who spent a, a year straight in the uh in the boundary waters so really interesting about how they prepared for it and the the things that they went through and um all the different challenges that they came across uh it's really interesting book i i highly recommend it it's one of those like for me one of the books that kind of sparked my interest in the outdoors was a book called hatchet by gary paulson and, and this book kind of reminds me of that in a way, except this is more of a true story. Now, these people kind of willingly put themselves in the situation. They weren't involved in like a plane crash in the middle of nowhere, but it is like a story of uh, survival and, and uh, making things work in a place that seems pretty like desolate. So 
Um, so those are the, some of the books. And then I also kind of include some cookbooks because uh, one of the things that I really enjoy about hunting and fishing is being able to share like the bounty of the harvest with people. And so having a lot of different ways to prepare wild game is going to be really important, especially for people that have maybe tried wild game in the past and said they didn't like it. And so uh, there's a few cookbooks that I'd recommend. One is called The Meat Eater. It, it just came out last year. That's a book by Stephen Ranella of Meat Eater. It's got all sorts of recipes, fish, small game, uh, from rabbits, pheasants, quail, and then big game recipes, some awesome stuff in there. I've been making a lot of things out of that cookbook lately, and they're fantastic. Um, there's another one by Stephen Rennell, actually two. It's a series of two, uh, hunting, butchering, and cooking wild game. There's one for big game, and there's one for small game. The thing I like about these books is they're not just cookbooks. They have all sorts of information in there about like how to select the proper firearm, to how to find the animals, how to butcher the animals, how to field dress the animals. There's all sorts of great information in there. It's not just recipes. So it's a, I'd like to call it a coffee table book, but when I think of a coffee table book, I think of a book that you just kind of like pick up and read at a page at a time. This is like a cover to cover, really awesome book, not just a cookbook. So, um, and then the last one I'll, I'll mention is a, a book called Pheasant Quail Cottontail, and that's by Hank Shaw. And uh, that's got great recipes for pheasants, quail, and different types of rabbits and things like that. That um, kind of, I, in my opinion, seem to get overlooked a little bit in the in the wild game cooking. You think of like venison right off the bat, and uh, there's a lot of great hunting opportunities out there for pheasants and all sorts of other kind of upland birds. And this is a great. A great cookbook to give you some recipes for how to prepare it and share it with other people. So books are uh, a great resource for outdoors people, for sure. Yep. Yeah, those are, they provide a, <laughs> an opportunity for people to read and, and think about the outdoors, even when they may not be able to do yeah. to Or do spark a new a, interest. A rainy day or a, a road trip or whatever. So yep. that's great. Uh, I'm going to stick with my uh, theme of sort of necessary items regarding uh, survival and uh, go with a Nalgene, a classic Nalgene bottle. Yep. Uh, I don't know why. There's, again, a lot of different options out there, but I really like a Nalgene. Uh, they're super rugged and tough. You're never going to break one. Uh, and they hold a lot of water, like 32 ounces, or I think you can get a 64-ounce yeah, one. Can as well but uh i go with the 32 it's just it fits in more pockets and whatnot uh they go for 10 bucks online or probably in a lot of stores and just yeah it's just a really reliable piece when you've when as important as water is in a lot of outdoor pursuits uh analgene is just a, a good way to go and like you said earlier with the re like the reusable aspect of it getting rid of single-use plastics like mm -hmm. i've never you know i can't tell you when i bought a case of water bottles like it it's just mm -hmm. i just fill up my water bottle that's what i got and it yep. goes with me everywhere so yeah i highly recommend that if, if you have someone in your life that doesn't have an algene or a, a clean canteen or a bottle that they like to drink out of then mm -hmm. get them a water bottle yeah 
It's also a great place to put all those outdoor stickers that you accumulate over the years. There you go. I don't know why mine is still bare. That's pretty tragic, actually. (laughs) I mean, how else are people going to know that you're an outdoors person if you don't put outdoor stickers all over it, right? Um, All right, number four. Um, I am going to say um, public land maps uh, and or some sort of online app mapping system so we've talked about onyx before um a membership to that or subscription to that rather is going to be great those you can get for 30 dollars for a single state or a hundred dollars for all 50 states and that is just an awesome resource to be able to find uh, wild places that are yours to roam whether you're going to use them for camping or hunting or fishing or hiking or i mean anything you can find great places to do that on that app. So I would, I would suggest that one. Um, there's various other ones out there, um, that you can use. I use one called HuntWise as well. And that tells me all the public land locations. And that one is $50 subscription for a year. And that gives you all 50 States. So that is a little bit different price has a little bit different applications, but if you're looking for something that'll show you where you can, find public land. Those are great options and, or just finding a map. Um, I have some actual hard copy, like hard cover maps of, uh, like the spiral bound ones Yeah, that I, you know, sometimes see at like, a like the state fair or something. If I'm walking around, I'll, I'll grab one off the DNR booth. It's great stocking stuffer yeah. for people. Um, and, uh, it, that one actually does sit on my coffee table because I look at that a lot, think about like, okay, what's near my cabin, or what's, what's, uh, what's over by uh, where my friend lives? Is there somewhere where we can go, you know, camp or hunt or, you know, just go for a hike or bring my dog or whatever? It's an awesome resource. So something like that is great for every outdoors person's use. For sure. Uh, I was just as you were saying that I was looking at my bookshelf and the, I got a couple of those big Delorme. Uh, maps. They're these large, large scale maps uh, that are also good to pick up. Um, my wife and I picked them up when we when we head west. Shows you literally every every road yeah. in every state, every um, all sorts of different parks and camping sites and fishing sites and whatever like whatever you could ask for. Um, that's a good resource to have in your vehicle when you may not have cell service. Maybe you don't have a subscription to like Onyx that has mm-hmm. offline data. Right having a hard copy uh as a backup that's a good that's a good option yep i think uh for number three i'm gonna go with the coleman gas stove uh it's a port the portable bottle top propane stove uh this portable stove there are there are other smaller uh backpacking stoves like the whisper light and uh, all sorts of these little tiny little stoves but this coleman stove is a screw-on stove that attaches to any of those little green propane canisters that you can find in any gas station or big big box store mm. for you know six bucks or whatever they run you and uh this thing burns super hot and fast and it is relatively light and and easy to, to pack uh, if you want to throw it in your cooler, you could do that. Um, anyway, it doesn't like pack down super tiny, but it's, it's definitely reasonable and it has enough support to fit a nice larger pan. 
Um, and what I like about it is the universal, like, uh, the ability to attach those green canisters. Um, sometimes if you get a more technical stove or one of those smaller ones that you'd get at a, like a, at an outfitter or like a backpacking store, you know, they're cool and they're super lightweight, but finding that fuel could be hard. You know, let's say you burn through a couple tanks and, and then you want to extend the trip or you go through it faster than you thought. Well, it might be harder to find Mm -hmm. these green, those green propane canisters you can find pretty much anywhere in the country. Um, it just, for that reason alone, I really like this stove. Yeah. All right. And my last one, my list number two is a headlamp. So, uh, you can never have too many headlamps. It seems like I'm always trying to find one, uh, to use I, and I use them for everything from camping hunting to and from the stand I use it night fishing all the time I have probably two or three of them that sit in our boat for when I'm night fishing for muskies or walleyes or whatever um they're they're awesome to have I, I probably have five or six of them yeah but I'd know where two of them are. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> it's okay. Kind of like one of those things that, you know, the, you have a lot of them and they, you use them so much that you lose them. So having a, having a lot of those or, you know, at least two, it's going to be great to have. And you can, you, like we've talked about before, you can come in at any price point, but you can find them for anywhere between 15, and $30 and certainly higher than that but um a, a good headlamp is essential um i i really like the ones that have multiple colors so uh, red lights um or green lights and then also uh they have uh the ability to angle towards the ground some of them you'll see they just sit stationary and they point straight up so that means like you're angling your head, your forehead towards the ground and then kind of like looking through your eyebrows in order to see. So making sure that they have uh, the ability to, to kind of have a hinge point so you can angle it towards the ground to, to actually shine the light on where you're looking. So, and the, the more lumens it has, so lumens is just a measurement measurement of its brightness, the higher that number, the brighter it is. So when you're looking for that, that person, uh, maybe you're at the checkout line at like home Depot or Menards and you're like, Hey, here's some, Headlamps was usually where I buy them because it's like a last second, like, oh, I need another one. Um, I look for for the brightness. I look to make sure that it has a hinge so I can angle it the right way. And then um, I'll, I'll uh, See it, make sure it's bright enough. Right? Yeah, make yeah. sure it's bright enough. So yeah. um, that's that's the last one on, on my list. What do you that's have, a su- That's a super one? good one. I think that, like, you know, even – outside of the outdoor pursuits just having those around uh working on your vehicle yeah. looking for something in a closet like yeah you know the, the old flashlight thing is is uh i'd much prefer a headlamp in all aspects so yeah definitely grab a couple of those my uh recommendation for all this stuff uh the the number one recommendation i have rather is a uh, joby gorilla pod um it is a mini tripod for your phone or camera, this is a dark horse pick. If yeah, I it's a little. So it's a little bit different. Uh, it's not like a outdoor gear specific thing, but I think there are a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of times in the outdoors we want to capture those moments. Uh, we have great memories 
<clears throat> and this item spans the the gap between hiking and fishing and you know maybe you're kayaking or you know whatever you want to do this thing uh has each leg bends to however you want to bend it to mm-hmm. so you can attach it to a tree limb or a canoe paddle or balance it on a rock yeah whatever you need yeah. and you can always find a stable level position um they're pretty cheap i think on amazon right now they've got I think twenty bucks off. They're twenty nine dollars for a cheap, uh, the cheaper version. Mm-hmm. Again, they they have higher levels for depending on your camera. Uh, and mine, I think, came with a, an iPhone attachment uh, that you put on top. So, mm-hmm. and they also fit like DSLR cameras and uh, the whole works. So and GoPros, and GoPros, yep. Yeah. So it's just a yeah, just one of those things that to throw in a bag when uh, if you're by yourself and you want to get a cool picture on a on a ledge somewhere mm-hmm. or you and your friend or, or wife or whoever are out and you're getting tired of those selfie shots. Yeah, the long arm shots. Yeah, a little more like wide angle. Yeah. Uh, this is a cool little device to help you get that. So. Yeah, I think we certainly could have used it when we were taking pictures of uh, that buck that I shot when we found it. Yep. So you remember it was like <laughs> we were trying to like prop a phone up on a backpack and then on jackets and every time you'd hit the timer – you would run to like sit next to me next to the deer. And then as soon as it would get to one, the camera would like always fall forward. And then, you know, like shot was wrecked or it was crooked or so. Um, that application for sure is really helpful to be yeah. able to capture, like get yourself in the picture or get everybody in the picture instead of somebody always behind the camera. Or, you know, you don't always have to have like these real wide angle shots because you can't seem to find a good spot to set your phone or camera that's level and at the right height and the right distance. So a tripod, I don't have one of these and, uh, it's not on my list, but I think it is now. Yeah. It's a great idea. Cool. Well, that's our 12 gifts of Christmas for the, uh, for the outdoors person at, at any level, whether you're a complete beginner or you're, um, an avid outdoors person and you're, uh, your own specific uh, area of interest. So um, we kind of came in at all sorts of different prices. Nothing in here was, I, th- I think our highest thing was that multi-tool. Yeah. That was like 60 bucks. Yeah. Um, all all things that are reasonably priced, really essential, and uh, can make your, your outdoor experience go easier, safer, faster, um, Yep, and these things should hold up over time. Uh, you know, everything short of like maybe the Onyx annual membership. Right. Everything else is like kind of a, if you take care of it, it's going to last a long time. Right. And it's a, a good investment in my, and I think your perspective, yeah. like, you know, up to maybe $60, you're going to use all of these things we recommended many, many times over. Yeah. Um, a lot of them could be lifetime, so you buy it once. Right. And if there's anything that uh, you think that we that we missed maybe there's some snubs to our list or yeah um maybe our ranking uh was way off or in your opinion let us know i mean these are just kind of the things that jake and i have or use and there's a lot of stuff that we haven't haven't been introduced to or um seen used in any application let us know i mean we uh we're always trying to increase our efficiency and and uh our knowledge of all these different um tools and yeah. equipment and, and things so i'm a closeted gear nerd too so i like to i like to like get into all this stuff and find out what's better and like yeah. why what's gonna you know 
yeah i like i like learning about new devices and new things yeah and somebody that uh, like yourself that studied econ in college probably likes to talk about uh the price point aspect yep. and uh, the budgeting yeah, part of sure. it so um yeah so so uh, let us know what's on your list what what uh, sort of things that you think would be great to include on this list uh get a hold of us on instagram facebook email yep um It'd be Jake at First Time Outdoors, Mike at First Time Outdoors. Let us know what we missed. Let us know what we should try. And uh, thanks for listening. Have a Merry Christmas and uh, Happy Holidays. I think you can anticipate our next episode coming out somewhere around the first or second week of January. We're going to take some time off for the holidays and enjoy um, the season with our families and such. So we hope that you all do the same. Yep. Merry Christmas, guys. Get out there and enjoy the outdoors. <laughs>